you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast knows all about hot butts. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hanses. And I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's up? How's everybody? Greg and I are nervous. We don't know who's supposed to talk after Wes <laughs> says what he just said. Uh, the show's off to Sometimes a very bad start. Make, make sound effects like, oh, I'm just a little on edge here because of the sound drop there, because mm. of the theme of this show mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Men and their jobs and their butts. This is the first ever coming up later today. Um, the first ever hot butts bracket. As we look forward, did we get that hot butts drop, Falcon? Wait for it. There it is. Oh, it is. There it, it is. is Fortunately, back in our lives. There it is. What is the hot butts bracket? Well, we're going to get to it, but it is a breakdown of where the NFL stands in terms of head coaches and job security as we enter 2018. It's basically like a 30-minute uh, reason for Dan to laugh at the joke, hot butts. It's just <laughs> Very well said. One of those things that just doesn't get old for me. What can I tell you? I just like the term hot butts. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go through every coach. No, we're not gonna, This is not – and it's just very – I want to make this clear, and anybody listening – that this is not, we're not picking on people or making light. I know, Greg, this makes you very sensitive as you're working your way up an NFL network. We're not making light of anyone's job security or lack thereof. It's just more a little housekeeping. That is part of the business. Every January, six or seven guys lose their jobs. We're just going to kind of handicap in a way who's. And that's a disclaimer that opens the door to allow us to have that conversation. What, that kind, of, yeah, what kind of disclaimer? changes could be coming in the NFL? We're head just coaching. looking, it's just an overview of the landscape. That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are we here for? We're completists. Yes, Christopher. Uh, thank you to everyone. You know, it, every once in a while, every few months, something happens in your Twitter feed where your, your mentions truly blow up. Uh, Kai Forbath working out with the New York Jets. Uh, that, is, that is on the short list for me all time. 
completely flooded. And I have to think this has got to be on Kai's radar at this point. Was he on Twitter? Is he getting? I don't is know. He getting That's a good question. Ad- Let me take. A, I'll take a look mad. while while you guys yeah, continue. I don't know to discuss. If, if Kai is also getting added. In that case, it's it's probably there's no doubt about it. He is, and he has a blue check mark. By the way, thirty point two thousand followers. Um, he is only following one hundred ninety nine people of his own. So okay, so I'll have just to track if to I get a follow out of this because we are now linked forever mm. on the internet. Uh, yes, I am tracking this very hasn't closely. Hasn't tweeted in eight months, so might not be on top of his right. mentions. He's got some free time right now. He's working out with the Jets. The Jets also signed that uh, Seahawks kicker that just got Jason cut. Jason Myers, who used to be the Jaguars kicker for a lot of years. There you go. So, And the Jets released Cairo Santos. I'm all over this kicker situation. I don't, and with I the don't Jets know why involved, I'm telling you this. There's, you, of course, know all about this. <laughs> so we'll find out if Kai's Kai uh, with gangrene in the next few days, I figure. I figure. Uh, and we also got to do some news. We also have a special guest who we haven't uh, had in Studio 66. There's a little hint in a while. Uh, but let's get to it. Let's do some news. Two world wars by doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups. Two world wars. <laughs> uh, Bob Wiley, the offensive line coach of the Cleveland Browns, that from the latest episode of Hard Knocks, which we'll get to in a bit. Bob Wiley, on your radar a little bit, Mark? I know you're, you know, get worried about how the Browns are, how they they're presented to society, and maybe Wiley not the greatest representative. No, I think I, he didn't get on my radar that way. I was so America suspicious about this show going in and that I am happily pleased with where, with where we are, and I need to take my lumps occasionally too. But Bob Wiley, I, agree, I think Greg nailed it. Like, if for anyone that's, that's killing him, I think tons of people seem to love the guy. So, you know. Yeah, he has a white Maserati. He, he's a, like a 60 to 65-year-old man. Uh, maybe 55 to 60, let's say. Not a raw food, is it? Very heavy set gentleman, uh, and he drives a white Maserati. It's one of the all time. I had a, a fourth grade teacher. Uh, Mrs. McGrath fell ill. She missed the entire back half of fourth grade. This guy, Mr. Fruman, took over. Fruman kind of was a Bob Wiley type, and, um, and, and he drove a red Camaro. This sounds like a Chuck Pagano, Bruce Arian situation unfolding in your fourth grade classroom. We, in our entire second half of fourth grade was recess the entire time, and everyone was it was, it was a setback educationally. Uh, I feel like still uh, recovering. Sounds from. like my household. I've known a lot of Bob Wileys in my lifetime. They yeah. have stories, and you just sit there and listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start uh, with news about the NFL competition committee. Yes, it's not just. Um, Yackers like us that are all fired up and, and wondering about what's going to happen with the new helmet rule and how it's going to affect uh, the t- 2018 season and beyond. This is something that internally is on the radar with players and coaches and people that run the game. And the NFL Competition Committee met on Wednesday by conference call to discuss the, the new use of the helmet rule through the first two weeks of the preseason. Um, the committee reviewed feedback from players, coaches, game officials, and the decision was made that there will be no changes to the rule as approved by clubs this spring, which includes no additional use of instant replay. Uh, The committee also determined that inadvertent or incidental contact uh, contact with the helmet or face mask is not a foul. And Greg, we'll start with you on this one. That one, again, that's right on my radar right there, uh, that how do you really enforce that in real time? But uh, we are moving forward with this rule. Yeah, and I... I think there's going to be growing pains. It's only been called about on average one and a half times per game. So this is not something that's been like I think it's been 53 times. Yeah. Overall. 51. I thought it's it not was. something yeah. that's, it's been actually in total volume that overwhelming. 
And I thought it was really interesting to hear what Bill Belichick said about it when they asked, when they when they basically tried to make him say it's a confusing rule because no one has taken on the NFL more about bad rules over the last two decades than Bill Belichick. And he said, it's not a big change for us. I think we understand it. Our team looked at probably 25 plays, et cetera. And he basically said, we don't teach our players to coach, I mean, to hit with their helmet down. We teach them to tackle with their helmet up. So there's absolutely no change when it comes to our team. It seems fairly clear. That's all good. And I believe Belichick. Uh, No one knows the game better than him, but Wes isn't, can't you just as easily see because Belichick, yes, has been on the radar with officials and getting in people's face at the end of games. He's not above uh, expressing anger. What if it costs him a game on Sunday night? Uh, is he still going to have the same attitude? Because some of these rules, yes, the rule is clear, but when it's put into action, that's where it gets a little hard to really officiate. There will be controversy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's going – and throughout the season, all of these – every Monday, Monday morning is, is an officiating con- controversy. So, of course, this rule will be a part of it. But I applaud the NFL by sticking through something that's necessary but not popular. And I've always wondered – for the past 20, 30 years watching this game, why players are allowed to leave with their helmets. It's bad habits from helmets becoming so technologically great that you feel indestructible in them. You pick up these bad habits, but coaches and Pete Carroll's one, Bill Bill Belichick's another, should have been teaching this all along how to correctly tackle. Two two quick things. Number one, like we asked on the last show, my request was that the NFL – just view it that there is an optical side to this where it's it's on fire with from for right or wrong reasons with reporters and fans and they did I think they they're they're going to attempt and this probably won't be the last time to circle around review where they are but their Deadspin had this great post where they put up every one of I think of the 51 instances of a penalty and and I was laser focused on the five or six that were egregiously confusing to the visual eye, but a vast majority of them remove what looked to be unnecessary, violent helmet to helmet hits. And they do have to remove that because a whole other side, if you don't address that issue, that does that said, there are still five or six that I think are going to get much more attention because this is just how it works than the ones called correctly. And it penalizes them. You said it right. removes them. It's not going to remove them, in my opinion, because this game moves so fast that these hits are going to I think it will over time. We shall over, see. I think over the next few years. The thing is, if you broke down all the holding calls, all the every other example, there's going to be five to ten bad ones right. of those. It's human error. It's an impossible sport to, to ref. It's going to take time for the refs to learn how to call this, too. They have to learn as well. And so it's like the problem is for the first, if it take, it's going to take four weeks or four months or four years. Three we don't years, know. they think. It's going to take. Time. That's going to have growing pains. Uh, let's move on to the preseason spotlight presented by New Era. Luck extending to the right. And it's intercepted. Levine with the pickoff. The final game of week two of the preseason, the Colts and Ravens. Uh, I almost said the Hoosier Dome. <laughs> Showing my age over here. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Oil Stadium uh, is what I want to say. Uh, and Andrew Luck. Uh, Mr. Sessler, uh, still knocking the rust off. At least that's what you hope from a, a Colts fan perspective. Six of 13, 50 yards, threw a bad interception in the red zone, uh, took uh, got uh, hit hard by Terrell Suggs on a sack, and generally looked like a guy that is not completely ready for week one. Yes, although I will say I read about this game before I was able to watch it. 
and it sounded like there was all this concern around Andrew Luck and couched in between some of these, I think, excusable and understandable kind of shaking off the rust scenarios for Andrew Luck at this point, coming back after being gone so long, was one drive where I thought he stepped up and made an incredible throw to Jack Doyle. He then hit Josh Ferguson and then Chester Rogers. It was a field goal drive. It wasn't a super flashy moment for the Colts. 57-yard field goal drive? So it wasn't even like a real deep drive. but, but But in those three plays in a row, I saw the Andrew Luck that, I've seen before, and it kind of, for me, I have put to put that next to what was a really shaky interception. That's not an Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck throws interceptions. We know that. That's one of his characteristics, but that one was unusual for him, and to me, I don't think that happens in week four. I think we're getting past the part where we're concerned about his arm, and for me, the question with Andrew Luck is he had this playing style that was kind of a daring do, take some hits, scramble playing style, and it's been hammered into him by the Colts over the last couple of years, you've got to change your playing style. We don't want you taking as many chances, as many risks, and that's not natural to him. So he's playing a little bit unnaturally. That's kind of what I want to watch. Well, and his offensive tackles are awful. It's like it's shocking how that wasn't just the takeaway from the game, that both LaRaven Clark, who's like a backup to Costanzo, they're just trying to figure out he was getting destroyed, and then they're playing Braden Smith in this game at right tackle, who was a guy they drafted to be a guard. He's also – like they're just – banged up on the offensive line and like, yeah, they're going to be terrible if they're not healthy on I mean, the offensive line. The sug line. sack is the kind of yeah. thing that can throw some quarterbacks out of the loop for 10 weeks. Like you, it, he's lucky he didn't get hurt. on. You the said you're shocking that it wasn't a takeaway, but it was, you just said it. Right. I just mean that like, I wasn't <laughs> luck missed two throws, but watching that game, I wasn't concerned about luck. Like, yeah, he, they're going to struggle on I, offense, especially, with especially with the run, their running game is, has all sorts of problems right now. Like, well, they every, featured like Kristen Michael for everything 30 about minutes. that offense is, is a problem at the moment. I wouldn't completely look past Andrew Luck being a little off in this game just because of the line play. I get what you're saying, obviously. To me, him being off though was like two plays. It's it's really hard on these preseason games, and we do it. It's oh, is if two game, you I, know, you I throw agree. eleven passes. If two go a little differently, then you feel you feel a lot different. Yeah. And on the other side, the Ravens, um, Wes, are a fun team. Uh, to watch in the preseason. I don't say that a lot because I do not enjoy the preseason. I am, I cannot wait You're over it. for real week one. Uh, but at least you have three quarterbacks where there's something to watch, so you would get four quarters. And uh, what did you take away from the three QBs on the Baltimore side? What I took away was Lamar Jackson is a long way from pushing Joe Flacco. And if Joe Flacco got injured, it would not surprise me if they immediately turn to RG3 as a starter instead of Lamar Jackson, who does not look ready to run an NFL offense to me. So that's one thing that's changed your mind in the preseason because you thought RG3 had very little chance to I make did, this I did, but team. I also, like, all the people who told me that Lamar Jackson was a top 10 pick in the draft look wrong to me. It's an extremely small sample size, but he looks like he's got a pop gun arm, a weird throwing motion, and I'm not impressed with his passing or his decision-making at all. He looks like a guy who's a year away from being a year away. The accuracy was poor in the game, even when he had a clean pocket. He's exciting when he runs, but he also has taken some shots, and I think that even is something that the Ravens, uh, they definitely took note of, and they, they, they that, say, you got to clean that, that up, too. Yeah, that fumble that got over, that overturned, correctly overturned, still, it's the kind of play where you're looking at a guy who's going to get hurt if he keeps doing that. I mean, that, then he's suddenly fair game. I thought one other takeaway from the from the Ravens side because we've been hearing about it all through camp. John Brown having this, you know, kind of bounce back. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a while with John Brown. He made a beautiful touchdown catch. And that was not an easy catch he that made off of that Joe Flacco pass. And with Lamar Jackson, this is a continuation of what 
they've been talking about since Mike Garofolo said it in the first couple of days of camp that you'll see a great play that makes everyone gasp, but then you'll see two passes that look like where where what are you looking at and where are you throwing that ball? He's forty percent right now in terms of completions in the in the preseason in the three games. I, it just I, looks a little overwhelmed. It's a different Ravens team though. I'm a, I'm more excited to watch them at least for than the last Kenneth couple Dixon of years. might be their best running. Back. Kenneth Dixon looks good. Hayden Hurst is going to be a huge part of that offense as, as their rookie tight end, and then you throw in John Brown and Crabtree. And it's like all right. I'll at least watch. I'll take different with the Ravens. You they have not it? been watchable in a while. You that, give me different in that give AFC. They feel like they are a playoff. They're a wild card. Are team. you enjoying yourself in the Ravens' nest? I'm, I, I, I'm taking them to the playoffs. <laughs> I think I'm going to take them to win the division over Sheck's uh, Steelers just to annoy Sheck. Damn! Stop ruining my. Go How get will my Sheck lunch sleep proposals. at night? <laughs> uh, in other Ravens news, and maybe this deflates you just a little bit. Sorry to bring up Deflate. I, know I mean, that's that. not a team I'm ever going to root for. The Ravens will, will be without uh, their number one quarterback for the beginning of the season. Jimmy Smith suspended the first four games of the regular season without pay for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. League spokesman announced Tuesday uh, Smith uh, was accountable in comments after the suspension came down. This is also same Jimmy Smith, who I believe was suspended the first four games of last year Correct. as well. So this is something... Uh, maybe a two-strike scenario for a talented uh, quarterback. Well, he's behind Joe Flacco, the highest-paid player on the team in cap number and base salary. So that's how important he is to their team. And three of the last four years, he's ended the season injured, and their defense has collapsed. He had a Liz Frank, Liz Frank foot fracture, an ankle sprain, and an Achilles tear. And he's a number-one cornerback when he's healthy, and their defense has not – they have more depth this year – but their defense has not been able to overcome his absences. It's funny how how news stories are covered depending on when they happen. If this happened during the Greg Hardy and Ray Rice time, like we would have been talking, this is a domestic violence um, suspension that's happening with Jimmy Smith. There were like the rave, like it's just a story that hasn't been really talked about too much at all. It's a it's a major player. It's an organization who's dealt with this before, and they were very careful in the wording of the suspension of what they've done to try to handle the situation. But I'm almost a little surprised that they're keeping any any player that that had a domestic violence issue. At, this considering was, to be um, totally full disclosure, he was not charged. Right. Right. Okay. There there's a lot to get into, and you're right. It's totally fair that it's it's worth knowing the details. And it is worth knowing that they are really deep at the position. This Here's a really random stat. Brandon Carr has the longest starting streak of any defensive player in the entire NFL by two seasons. Wow. How about Brandon Carr? Hmm. And this will keep it going. He probably wouldn't have started otherwise, but now, now he will. Uh, meanwhile, on the throne of Sleaze, Kenny Britt will not be playing at Gillette Stadium this year, at least for the Patriots. The team decided to cut the veteran loose. Uh, they save a little over a million dollars making the move. Britt has been battling a hamstring issue. Really, Greg had a um, window of opportunity here with the Patriots, uh, with Julian Edelman suspended for the first four games and, and some, I guess, unrest at that position. But he couldn't get on the field, and now he's going home. It shows you how worthless OTA like takeaways are because the OTA takeaways in New England were like Jordan Matthews and Kenny Britt. Those are the two locks. Mm. Out of this crazy group, kind of that those are the leaders in the clubhouse, and neither one of them even made it to September. I mean, we spend two months 
embroiled in OTA takeaways, so that's disheartening. Uh, but on top <laughs> we'll of just that, shut it I down mean, we, next we've, pretty, we've stayed away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, April. I when the minute that they plucked up Kenny Britt, I just thought to myself, this is getting a little cute because this does not feel like a typical Patriots <laughs> type player. And it was always as he's going to have an expanded role. And, you know, listen, he's going to have a chance at real snaps come September. And then here we are, the minute September crawls this close and he's healthy again, you're out because they've come to the same conclusion that the team before and the team before came to. In other news, A.J. McCarron lives. As written by Mark Zessler on NFL.com, McCarron is dealing with a dash of shoulder soreness, Mm. not the broken clavicle that was uh, initially reported uh, after his preseason game this past weekend. The timetable initially was he could be gone for the year, and now – uh, he's practicing in a limited capacity for the Bills. Um, what does that mean, Chris Wesley? Uh, if you're getting your national news from other writers instead of Greg, you sh- you know change it Whoa. up because Whoa! Everybody, you're blowing it. Would that, everybody's would that reading include this... the person who wrote the article here? I'm just saying people reading this situation around the country as in now that A.J. McCarron is injured or was injured, this is where Josh Allen has to step up. A.J. McCarron was already falling to third in this race. He went three and out in four straight series during this game the other night. Josh Allen came in and scored three times. Josh Allen was already bypassing A.J. McCarron, and the talent differential is just too great to pass up. Well, I'd say one thing. I I cannot stand at this point, I cannot stand three quarterback rooms where they're all kind of volleying around with each other. You've wasted (laughs) enough time with this. You're running out of time. If it's going to be Josh Allen and everything points to that, to get him starting reps in every single practice. You cannot wait until the week before week one and throw him out there because he's going to get exposed. You've got to build your offense around right. this guy. I mean, we- just a nut, whether McCarron or not, this, this probably helped reduce the confusion there. But give me a break with Nathan Peterman unless you think it's your guy. I don't want to hear anything more about splitting reps. You've got to figure it out because otherwise you're going 4-12. and 12. We should mention, I think since we last podcasted that they announced Josh Allen is the starter for the third preseason right. game. And so the all-important third yeah, That's right. They always got the yes. dress rehearsal, <laughs> like drink forever. Just try to make it through your the rest of your week without saying the word dress rehearsal, America. <laughs> Please. Ah, the wait. It's nearly over. Fa- football season is almost here, which means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, that sucks that you're not. Uh, FanDuel's here to help. They're clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. You don't believe me? Well, whatever. But anyway, here's this. The season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Uh, here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can you cannot reuse that team again for the rest of the season. It's a knockout pool. Uh, this locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now um, to get that free 250K Survivor Contest. Just go to FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. That's FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me. Nay, us at FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. A little hard knocks talk? Still a little hard knocks talk. Oh, there it is. Da-da-da-da. Na-na-na-na. Episode three of Hard Knocks, maybe not as juicy as the first two eps, but a solid ep and one that's centered upon 
Des Bryant visiting uh, the Browns facility in Berea. Berea. No, 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 no. Berea. Berea. Lindsay, correct? It's Berea. (laughs) Thank you. So she knows. Um, Anyway, so that was kind of like the the big hook, I thought, of the episode. And uh, it was an interesting uh, look at the situation because Des Bryant, and you guys let me know if you disagree, looked very invested in the idea of playing with the Cleveland Browns. This was not a play for the cameras or publicity or just to remind other general managers that he is Des and he exists. No, uh, he basically introduced himself to every person in the building was super engaged in this conversation that we saw with Hugh Jackson explaining uh, where he's at. It's all about the realness, Greg. He, he stressed multiple times. Um, and uh, I, I think the other thing that's going to be remembered about this episode was Hugh Jackson, who seemed smitten by Des Bryant, even though they did not agree to terms by the end of the visit. He ended his, what I can almost call a pitch to Des with this comment. 21 days, baby. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Right here right at home. In front of the dog pound. Mm-hmm. It'd be unbelievable. This will be the greatest turnaround in sports history. So uh, for, we'll start there. Is that, is that going to happen, Mark? Greatest turnaround? Well, I mean, you have less, less you, you know, if you're 0-16 and you go even 9-7, and 7, that's an incredible turnaround compared to if you were 5-11 and 11 and you need to finish, you know, 15-1 and 1 for equal amount of games. So, and that math is incorrect already, but... I don't know. I think the one thing with Hugh Jackson coming out of the first episode, I just thought this is going to be a really rough four weeks for him after this first episode. What what's going to happen next? And I I'm not I don't I think he has a long way to go in general to keep this job over the course of the of this of the year. But Hugh Jackson t- in this episode I thought came across better than he has in any of the others. I thought he did he did a good job with Des Bryant. But I do question and Dan, you asked me this last night, mm-hmm. like why doesn't Hugh Jackson if he really wanted this player? have the ability to say, just get it done, whatever it takes. Like, I don't think he really... Not exactly what I said. I was just curious. I was asking two years ago, before 1-31, in 31, if he would have had this way in the building to get Dez signed if he wanted him, have things changed since then? I think we the, their analytics guy did not seem high on Dez. There's probably a whole different conversation happening with John Dorsey. As a, as a Browns fan and not, an, an, not, from, not from an analyst side, like, I kind of just say, you have a ton of cap room. Go for it. Why not? Like, just find out. I mean, I think a lot of people are taking it for granted that Dez would have signed for whatever the Browns offered, too. The Browns publicly courted him and basically pressured him to come into this to do this visit. And I'm not sure if he would have done it without that pressuring. I'm not sure if he would have signed on the dotted line just then. I think he wants there. more than they're offering. That's the issue. Do we I, know there's an offer? Well, yeah. no, but the money, I think, is Usually, not where they're close at all. I, I don't know. I tend to think there hasn't been any offer because if there was, then that gets reported because Des Bryant's side sees that as a, a thing to put out there. There was so, a report that he was looking for a prove a deal as well, which is short term, which I think the Browns would be cool with if they have I, a ton of cap room. That's what makes sense, I thought. The, the Hugh remark about the greatest comeback ever, it reminded me of his run in Oakland when he was just – He's just kind of, you know, first of all, this is a closed door meeting. You know, he's not thinking about hard knocks cameras. He just mm, talk, okay. he just talk in every second of every day. He's not thinking about hard knocks cameras, I don't think. He's also the guy that also said the Carson Palmer trade to Oakland was the greatest trade in football history. <laughs> yes, he I did. I don't know if you remember he, that. No, so he's like, he gets excited. The I, I don't, I don't, Look, at, he's hyperbole. Right, right. And you have to wonder a lot of times with the, these coordinators, is there like a Peter principle at play where you were a maverick and genius coordinator and you made – you made your, your reputation off that, then you become a head coach. It's a completely different job. And 
the growing pains there can be really rough. And Hugh Jackson has his reputation has taken a hit as much as anyone I've seen in the NFL ever. I think over the course of 700 days, mm-hmm. outside of someone breaking the and law, he which still is has not his done. job. It's incredible. Going right, one but here's the, here's the one thing. It, wait, let's one, take a hold on. Though one thing is, I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. The one thing that I think they may Uh-oh. have may have walked into, not out of wisdom, but they might have, because I think if you fired Hugh Jackson, it would have been the fifth, the third coach they fired in five seasons. That ownership group. You don't at that time have Tyrod Taylor. You don't have Baker Mayfield. You don't have anything. And what coach is going to go to Cleveland? I think they have a better chance to, like the Bears did, post John Fox recruit a better coach after this year's experience with this roster. That's why I don't want to kill him for that and say you just should have swept him out and hired the eighth best, tenth best candidate. Stick a a pin in this conversation because Hugh is going to come up in a little bit. Before we do get to that, though, let's welcome in a surprise guest to the Around the NFL podcast. Mm. I mean, this podcast probably doesn't even exist without this man. Let's be honest. He is the great Mm. uh, host of the Dave Damashek football program. I heard Rosenthal. And uh, and and now let let's let's set the stage here. How you doing, Dave? I'm fine. And may I say something that uh, might surprise Greg Rosenthal, who uh, tried to take a shot at the, the Steelers, uh, uh, the, the the presumed division championship that's headed their way. I'm with you on the Ravens. They're going to be mm. good. I do think Jimmy Smith is the most unheralded really good cover corner in in the NFL and that's a major absence but that Oh you're stand- playing head games with your Steelers. No, I'm not. I've been down this to road with on the you 7000 times. No. <laughs> I've heard this I think they might times. win. I think they I think the Browns win in week 1 in Cleveland. How about that? Ooh. Well, I'll tell you what you told me the same exact thing at this time last year. I told you I was nervous about you, this you one. I'm outright predicting it. Thing. I'm predicting it outright this year. <laughs> oh, I'll hold you that. I love when you guys chop up the AFC North. Um, all right, so Shaq's here because on Monday's show um, I acknowledge, not even admitted, because that, that seems to indicate shame or something, that I had never had duck before, which led to this comment from Greg. I have never had duck. I can honestly say that. It's what? Easy. delicious. Calm down. You're a meat lover. You're missing out on life. Maybe the number one meat in, of all the meats. All right. That's not, come on. It's up there. Maybe the Maybe number the one, number one meat. One, one, one. All right, so Greg says duck uh, is the number one meat. I walked it back with it like five seconds, by the way. I was like, okay, it's up there. Um, so I thought I was going to put together a power rankings of, of top meats, but I said, no, I'm not qualified for that. The man that's qualified for anything list food-related is Dave Damashek. Uh, so, Sheck, without further ado, can you uh, give us – or first of all, your, your general takeaways on Greg's commentary. Well, I mean, obviously Greg reached there a little <laughs> bit. Uh, maybe he was trying to – maybe he was being a little pretentious there. Maybe it was a hot take in the world of food. Whatever his intent there, it's Pretentious. Laughable. It's like duck – most people, including my introduction to duck, is at cheap Chinese food restaurants. So I don't need to hear pretentious. It was within the context of – what was it? Duck confit? Duck yeah. confit. But yeah. yeah. So a, that was that's not Chinese food. <laughs> no, that's fair. I'm trying to change history. Um, <laughs> no, listen, the measure that I would apply here, if I may, is Please. I've asked the question before. Um, it, let's let's be let's be rough about it here. You get to eat the flesh of one beast for the rest of your days to the exclusion of all others. Okay. What's the one beast you're gonna choose? No one, not Greg Rosenthal, not anyone else would ever choose duck. That's, no, that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah, I'm going. That's you, absolutely. You're going true. with you're going with the cow. So a bit of a contrary. Are you take going cow? I, 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 I think if cow, I had yeah. to, because I have not eaten meat since like 1997. 
But right now, if I had to, I would eat like a plate of bacon before mm, anything I, else. You know what? That is the that's my hot take on on this. All right, subject. let's do it's five to one. Okay. Okay. All right, let's start with Dave Damshek's top five meats, uh, starting with number five. At number five, I'm going with turkey. I don't understand. I, I, I it's, uh, it's pal. That's awfully generous. It, you think well, there, so? Well, that, that wouldn't even be in my top twenty. Do you have a, your five? It's a foul tasting foul. Do you have your five li- listed out there? It's awfully easy to take down other people. <laughs> Throw so ostrich in there yourself. over turkey. Yeah, what are you Throw doing? alligator in over what turkey. Are you doing? Oh, Quail. On. I mean, come on. Turkey is bland by nature. Tur- yeah. First of all, what I don't want in food is blandness. You ever, you ever go? To, you ever go to a ballpark or an amusement park and get one of them nice uh, mutton chops? Yeah, those carry it nice. around. That's delicious. That's, that's like what the county it, fair. That's, what yeah. it that's means. rare. I like that. Hey, right. mutton's a lamb. Hey, deep fry your bird. And by the way, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I called for it three years ago with my New Year's resolution because I am not selfish like everybody else. I make New Year's resolutions for all of society. I called for an end. To the, to the prejudice against delicious stuffing, only given to us once a year. I said I want it added to every right, menu in the on, land. Let's stay on topic. <laughs> number four. At number four, it's chicken. Oh, it's you, you know what? It's utilitarian, <laughs> and it and I feel like putting it at number four outside the winner circle. It doesn't even make the, the stand. But it is delicious. I mean, it's there for us day in, day out. It deserves a lot more respect than I'm giving it here. However... Tough decisions had to be made, mm-hmm. and, and a versatile I made beast. I'm I'm fine with this, I, and I think my next frontier in cooking is fried chicken. Ooh. I'm going to become Ooh. a fried chicken guy. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's that is exciting. Number three, righteous endeavor. Uh, at number three, I'm going to go here with fish. Mm, now I will say it's controversial, and I, I, I'm the first one to say that it is wildly unfair to go with. <laughs> All the creatures of the sea. Right. Two thirds right. of the big blue marble. Yeah, I get all those. Most of I, which you have eaten in our newsroom. <laughs> it's a passion of mine to, to, to bring the uh, smelliest of Blow up a corner around. of the newsroom. It's kept, it's kept probably the most societies you know, alive and making it to this point in human history, That's true. too, which is pretty important. It's is important. that true? I didn't know that. I all think right. so. I mean, okay. Give a man a fish and something, something. Teach a man to fish and something, something. Right. Almost maybe- every city ever founded was founded near <laughs> right, a body exactly. of water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Indianapolis is, uh, is a not- noteworthy exception. I'm trying to think. Texas, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, not Dallas, they don't call it say Indianapolis is a notable. No, it's We're not a notable like, exception. No, I'm just saying cities that are not. I'm just they trying don't to call think it Indianapolis. No place for nothing. I'm trying to think of land historical cities. cities like Greece. Number two <laughs> in the hottest bus. <laughs> number right. two at number two. This is the tough call. This is not a hot take. I've given this a great deal of thought over the years. I'm going to go with cow here. Yes, it's delicious. I love Upset. steak. I love a, a, a New York strip. I've enjoyed a New York strip with everybody seated in yes. Studio 66 right now. I also love Prime a rib. beef rib. I Ooh. love a right. hamburger. Come Ribs. On. I mean, you're, come on. A versatile beast. If I'm holding myself to the standard that I laid out five minutes ago, though, I can't ever eat this beast again. And I, or every other beast is going to be cast aside in favor of just one. I'm going swine. Wow. Swine is your number one. Think it through now. Pork ribs. Number one. Like, would you go with pork ribs over beef? I think yes. most people would. Yeah. It doesn't make it right, yeah, but yeah. I, I think that's better. I like a pork tenderloin. Bacon, as you say, obviously. A chop? I mean, I'd be fine uh, with either, but not as versatile. You're not, you're not going to have as many... 
options for the rest of your life in different ways to do it. The a best sausage? meat I've ever put in my mouth was a filet mignon done perfectly. And there's nothing pork can do to 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 breach. Can that. we isolate Wes's quote there? Yeah, <laughs> Mark. Mark has never been less comfortable with it. No, oh, no, look at this. I, a headshot and everything next to my uh, rankings there. Yeah, swine number one. <laughs> I hear you, Wes. Of course, yes. A I do think steak. you can do more with pork than you you can with. Or, well, you, you also. What, he, I don't know what this is worth, but I'm going to point it out. You know what really makes a burger sing? Some bacon. I don't know. Does that is that does, does that add value? The burger I, can sing without bacon. I'll say bacon. one thing. Like, have, I, so I have not eaten meat. I just said in a long time, but yeah, twenty two years I did. <laughs> no, so it's like my mem- my favorite <laughs> memories Breaking. of eating them. It's great steak with fries, like a really really well done steak and fries. Um, lobster. Well done with ketchup. Are we counting lobster in the fish world? You can count lobster, but let me just say this to you about that. I'll play contrarian on that one. Everybody holds up lobster as the pinnacle of food in restaurants. Oh, they have lobster. Oh, oh, two pounds. Oh, 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 market. Oh, market price. You know why lobster tastes good? (laughs) It's a, it is, it is the most unjust thing that I can really out there. Think of You know, like uh, Matt Ryan is great because of Julio Jones. Move over Julio Jones. You're not the most slighted thing in society drawn butter is drawn butter dip anything in the drawn butter it's delicious why does lobster get the benefit from from the delicious drawn butter just take a nice little roll and dip that in the drawn butter oh dinner rolls the greatest food of all time we should charge we should charge 70 dollars per roll that has really made me think (laughs) Shaq, you've done it again would you mind sitting in for the rest of the show I suppose. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Before we get to the hot butts bracket, and I'm so excited about that, a word from our sponsor. You may or may not have heard, but Lowe's is new home of Craftsman, which means that at Lowe's you'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics, tools, tool storage, and more in store and online, ready to help tackle projects throughout your home. And one of those projects, if one of those projects happens to be in a really tight space to get to, then you definitely need to check out what, Greg? Bacon? The 122th <laughs> Ratchet. Oh, my God. It has three-degree arc swing, you guys. Uh, shop the new home of Craftsman today at Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. And while we're here, the wait is nearly over. Football is almost here, uh, which means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more easy, fun or easy to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. 250 large, Greg. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Uh, here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one. So don't miss your chance and sign up now to get in that free 250K Survivor Contest. Just go... What else is it known as? Survivor, but there's a... Yeah, I mean, I feel like the subset of people that are being engaged by this ad King of the Hill. already know no- what a Survivor... Knockout Pool. Game. King of yeah, the knock Hill. Up, yeah. Knockout Pool. Knockout Pool. Joey Watts. Joey Watts. I mean, Watts. moms play Knockout Pool. Kill the Everyone Man with the Ball. Did you guys play that? We played Kill the Man with the Ball. Just go to FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. That's FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Okay. By the way, best breakfast meat, ham. Bone in ham, okay. fried up in a pan. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, didn't That's mean to fair. interrupt again. Chicken no, fried chicken. I, I think I think corned beef and hash has been slept on for too long. Ooh. Someday it's going to make a comeback, but it's always stayed in my life. I'll say that. It's very nice. All right, here it is. It's time to get to it. The first annual hot butts bracket. Oh yeah. 
And again, a disclaimer. <laughs> See, a disclaimer. Who that is that poor soul? It's it's one of these men. One of the in in our hands we hold a bracket uh, of all thirty two NFL head coaches, and we've gone ahead and we. What are you laughing? I'm just thinking it's. We have 31 matchups to go here, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going. We seeded it one to 16 on each side, each conference, uh, and we're going to get to all the matchups till we find the coach. And this is important: the distinction here, not most likely to be fired necessarily, but who has truly the hottest butt as we approach the 2018. Season. Who's on the hot seat? Who's who's has the hottest seat? Does that make sense, Check. I got you. Okay, cool. You. <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows, let's give you the um, the number one seeds because that's always when they do the whole drawings. Everyone's excited about who got the number one seeds. Hugh Jackson, of course, who we just talked about, coming off 0-16, got a one seed. Uh, also, uh, Dirk Cutter of uh, the Bucks. We've we've split it into AFC NFC. Right. And I'm this so- is this is the part where CBS would take like a. Two commercial breaks before telling you about the rest of the bracket. Right. I'm glad you really included <laughs> Cutter there because I feel like he's been flying under the radar a little bit. Not our radar. Uh, is that right? Okay. Feels know, like a minor miracle he's still the head coach in is, Tampa. It is officially loco in my book. The Dirk Cutter is the head coach <laughs> down there at this point. So but we're going right. to go through the, the we're going to go through each round, and some of these are going to be no brainers, uh, and but some are going to be real debates. And one of the reasons why uh, we're happy to have Sheck here is if we didn't have Sheck here, it'd just be four of us, and we'd be deadlocking like buffoons, and then what? Mm. We just have to end the show. The tournament shuts down. But now we have five people, so we will be able to break any tie. There will be no deadlocks. Uh, So let's start with uh, the AFC bracket. Should we go back and forth or just do each side? I think go down AFC. Okay, AFC first. first. Uh, 116, so it's Hugh Jackson, of course, against, yes, the great Bill Belichick, peerless. No one could have a cooler butt than Bill Belichick, right, Check. Oh, yeah. Icy is uh, all get out. And whereas Hugh, I mean, people keep saying it. And sometimes when things get repeated too much, you just absorb them. And then and, and then you get come to a place where you ignore it. But one in 31 is not jive. And I heard what you said, Sessler, 10 minutes ago. But what that has probably Hugh, won't make the show. I'm sure that will be cut out. What this has a Hugh, good point. What has Hugh Jackson done in his entire career to earn the faith of anyone. The fact that he ascended to be a head coach and could survive going 1-31 is remarkable to me. I hear your larger point about what it might mean for the franchise, but as it is, Hugh Jackson as a head coach has done nothing. It was not a merit-based retention. I think it was for completely different reasons, and you can kill him for that. Continuity and You made a good point. All right, so uh, once upon a time, by the way, just to show you how things change, Bill Belichick was fired by the Browns. Hmm. Once, so he one, no. he was probably – Some a, things have not changed like a for five certain fan bases, but yes. But he's been a 16 seed for uh, decades now, it, uh, 15 years, uh, Greg. It's hard to imagine what he would have to do to get fired. It would not be football-related, <laughs> no. I feel like. It's amazing that no. his contract is even reported on. I'd love to go on. through some different scenarios, <laughs> right. but we don't have the time. His contract is even reported <laughs> on differently. I've got this list of every quarterback signed blank extension through blank under Belichick I just have signed undisclosed undisclosed no one knows. attention no nobody knows. knows no one knows what he makes nobody knows. and it's probably a lot more but than, he's floating and, around the sea on like a highly expensive ocean vessel whenever he's not coaching so guys making some money. nobody even knows when are he you, signs are you these talking about that little boat it's not like a all right so I don't we, like I don't I like the have flip flops out in my public. family so. he's Hugh, a grown man running around in his flip flops it's that's formal fine. events it's, it's an island already Hugh ends the losing streak he moves on to the next round 
Uh, his opponent, the 8-9 matchup, 8-seed Doug Marone, coming off a really nice season with the Jags. Um, uh, and he will face off against Bill O'Brien of the Texans. Chris Wesley, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, this one, to me, I, th- I got Bill O'Brien's Cinderella story written all over him. What do you think? This this is one of the toughest breakdowns in the entire bracket. Both of them just signed extensions this offseason. O'Brien for four more years through 2022. The Jaguars are set up more to succeed because their roster is stronger, and the Texans are set up more to collapse mm. because they're like the Cowboys have always been, where they have a handful of stars and no depth. Mm. CBS is putting this at 740 Eastern, showing it to as much of the country (laughs) as possible. These two men are our best friends going back 20 years. So so the rivalry is I'm from the Bronx. I'm from New England. I like baloney. And there, by the way, the Bill Belichick, as cool as his seat is, I will point to it again. It is very strange in in the history of high end uh, legendary head coaches. That his tree has has bared so little fruit, the coaching tree mm. that he the has. The GMs are looking else. better, and O'Brien, you know, you got to give O'Brien some credit. I think O'Brien I is you. probably the best coach to come Certainly. out of that situation. There, there, there's zero question about that. But if Who he wins? flops this All year, right. I, I would say what, Bill O'Brien's out. I think Bill O'Brien is somebody to watch here. He's a headstrong guy, and uh, there have been whispers for a couple of years about maybe some dissension between him and ownership. Not so much uh, the new GM Brian Gain, Pearl River Zone, uh, who he essentially hired. Yeah. So I, but I would say it wouldn't be a, a clash with Gain. But if things go south on the Texans, and they definitely could, they're a high ceiling, low floor team this year. That O'Brien could get shown the door. I would vote that he would move on in this match. And, and one thing about these mm-hmm. contracts, it's that actually is interesting to look at that stuff. But I, do, I think when you hit a point where the whole organization needs a total cleanse, the owner pays that contract out. They don't worry about, oh, we should keep Bill O'Brien for two more years because he's making $6 million or something. Who else uh, Who else sees O'Brien as the guy here? I'm with you on that that's one. I'll, I'll go with that. That's three. That for the sake the of moving the show yeah, along as I've well. I've got it so. as a coin flip, but let's move on. I would go Marone because I can see the Jags. If I was going to pick one of these two mm. to really they not went live up to expectations. If they went 4-12, and 12, just like not the craziest thing that with would Bortles ever happen. As the quarterback? Or 6-10 and 10 or something. Yeah, maybe. I think if they go 8-8, eight and eight, it's a wild disappointment. Hmm. All right, Check. I'll tee you up on this one. The 4-13 matchup. Todd Bowles entering his fourth year with the Jets has not made the playoffs. And I don't. it's got to be a short list, and they're unlikely to do it this year of guys that have ever survived four straight years without going to the playoffs once he gets a matchup against Mike Tomlin who's been in Pittsburgh forever this team is once again a Super Bowl contender this feels like a walk for Bowles right I think that Bowles certainly makes sense given the the Steelers ongoing ownership's unwillingness to ever part ways with a head coach however how is it going to sit with everybody if the the, the heralded trio of 7, 26, and 84 finished 2018 again outside of the Super Bowl, and therefore that trio never even gets as far as getting to the big game. That is kind of a strike against Mike Tomlin and a big one. I, I There's a certain amount of momentum already about that it, it, Tomlin should move on. If well, that happens again and the defense doesn't perform, that's obviously his ballywick anyway. You I think, think he got defense. a generous seed here? At yeah, his high seed is protecting him here. Mm. He, yeah, and uh, Bowles, to me, could be a higher seed. He could be the, the two seed. Because to me, Bowles hmm. is, is gone if they don't have, like, eight wins. I just think they'll, they're will they going to 
they're gonna it, they're gonna make a change unless it's unless it's some sort of crazy inspiring like great defensive performance. I, I think he's in trouble. I get boils down for, with the Tomlin front to options because if you the Steelers do not do this, if if you're gonna fire him, they have to have someone that they absolutely love and who loves them back. Mike Munchak, really done and done. Well, that's, that's what people thought about Ken Wisenhunt last time, and then they yep. hired Mike Tomlin, who they had no idea who he was. So they, they went and oh, found it was, someone. It was Wisenhunt or I mean, Wisenhunt, uh, rather. Or Russ Grimm. It was down to those two. Wait, who's Mike Tomlin? What? He's got who? Wait, they're just doing that uh, by the Rooney rule. Oh, wait, he got the job? What? Who is he again? He is legend has it. He blew them away in his interview. Here's the 5-12 matchup. John Harbaugh of the Ravens. He's been there forever. He won a Super Bowl there, but was hanging on, Greg by the skin of his teeth after the shocking loss to Cincinnati, knocked him out of the playoffs last year. Sean McDermott of the Bills, he's our 12 seed, and McDermott uh, would be safe, but the only thing that could hurt him here is if they really crater and we get hit with a 2-14 two, two and 14 bomb. I, I think, in, in the interest of moving on, this is a walk for Harbaugh, but McDermott to me is as safe as anyone. I think he actually he is the rare coach that could that could survive a 2-14 and 14 because they... You, they you're giving they, this to Harbaugh. Oh, Every yeah. good bracket needs a 12-5 upset, and to me, this is it. The Bills, okay. the Bills right. have the worst roster in the league. True. They could easily crater, and Sean McDermott Ooh, like, like could this. be Vance Joseph before you but know. They, but they just they... – Also, John Harbaugh is too good of a coach. He's a top-five NFL coach. Well, is, you, the... you point to the issues and the whispers that Harbaugh was – wasn't on, a whisper. The owner said he considered firing John Harbaugh. So he is, to me, among this entire list, one of the clearest – Coaches that if he doesn't make the playoffs, he doesn't have a job next year. I think there's this looks no like a vote. there's no scenario. I, I I'll vote. You, you know. wrote Harbaugh, obviously. Ozzy's out, and you want the one and two. If they have a down year, and obviously they're going to turn things over to Lamar Jackson, it it makes uh, simplistic sense that you would want a QB who really knows how to bring the kid along, right? So you not vote, John Harbaugh. You vote. I vote John Harbaugh. Wes. I vote McDermott goes on. Sessler. I vote McDermott, too. But you could also say the Bills would want to turn around and find someone to groom their young quarterback as well. I mean, Harbaugh will get a I job in five Harbaugh minutes if he gets well. fired. Uh, but I, you make very good points over on the Kissing Cousins table. <laughs> honestly, Slightly patronizing. I, I, but, no, honestly, okay. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I agree okay. with you. I just think Harbaugh really – We don't think one of the best coaches in the league is getting fired. We it also think, sometimes. as Shaq and Greg pointed out, he'll the Ravens get hired are doing well this year. He'll get hired away in the division right away. But that's not what we're talking coach. about. He's a good head coach, and he'll get hired soon. But you're talking about who's on well, the hot seat. I think, I think he needs to this, win 10 games, right. and that's a high bar. But I think inherent in this discussion is how we predict that teams are going to do this year. And I predict the Ravens are going to do well, and the Bills are going to do awful. Uh, number two seed, Vance Joseph. And number 15 seed, John Gruden. Who could be safer than John Gruden? Who just signed a ten-year million, uh, hundred million dollar contract, all guaranteed? Mark Zessler. I mean, to me, this feels like we're going to have to take some of these and, and breeze through. I immediately would vote for Vance Joseph in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is no contest. Let's go to Marvin Lewis. Okay, next it up, it transcends football. They're keeping Gruden so that they can move to Vegas. Well. Exactly. There were there were murmurs that Vance Joseph would be a one and done guy, but Elway wants to see that through. Uh, but he, he will not survive another bad year. I think. Let's move on. Uh, 7-10. Ooh, Marvin Lewis, who uh, has been in Cincinnati since 2003. That checks out. My God. Uh, And uh, has never won a playoff game. That checks out. 0-7. Okay. Uh, And the number 10 seed, a new coach. Our first new coach, and these ones are tough, but there are one-and-dones a lot. Mike Vrabel of uh, the Titans West. Where do you come down on this? Well, I think this is going to be Marvin Lewis's first ever tournament win. <laughs> He's going to be one and zero here in, in this bracket. It's it's 
You know the AFC <laughs> has some tricky situations here when Marvin Lewis is a seventh seed. The same Marvin Lewis who literally was reported to be fired uh, by national reporters He's last Rasputin. year. With two, two yeah. weeks <laughs> left of the season. Like they said, remember we had a whole show where we talked about Marvin Lewis They tied fired? him up and threw him in a river and he and escaped. How many head coaches do you want Marcus Mariota to have over the course of his first yeah, contract? There's no chance. There's no, he's not going. And I could see Marvin Lewis making winning by retiring himself. I could see him Four just walking Four or five away. decades from now, we'll look back or, or, our, answer, or our, uh, our kin will look back and say, how in a profession that most guys get five minutes to prove themselves did Marvin Lewis I hang on to his gig? <laughs> How yeah, did he keep that and... gig that long? I hope I, hope... I just point to the owner yeah. as the answer. I hope time. my my granddaughter is asking me about Marvin Lewis's you know coaching. <laughs> Tell record. me about how the no. ineffectual man kept his job for a decade and a half. Number three seed. Well, he was he was in a hard division. Have you seen the other coaches that cut? Through, they went through there. <laughs> Number three seed uh, Adam. G- so Marvin moves on. Number three seed Adam Gase against fourteen Andy Reid. Andy Reid ain't going nowhere, and Gase needs results. Uh, Shaq, this is a no-brainer, right? Boy, I don't. I, I don't think Adam Gase. It's hard for me to conjure the path to him getting fired out of Miami, but uh, I suppose if Ryan Tannehill's a flop and he really has pinned all his hopes. On 17 has Adam Gase. Well, uh, I, I, it makes sense. I when guess when we could. spoke with Gase at the owners' meetings, but also just his in general, the vibe of this offseason was that Adam Gase and whatever figures in management are doing certain things Adam Gase doesn't like. They just did not seem to be on the same page. Hmm. Maybe that will change by now. But he's been dealt a raw hand there. But for three years now, it feels like he's been trying to set a culture. And you should be beyond that. By uh, now. I will never forget at the in Orlando at the meetings when it was asked by one of us what what the Dolphins mean, what they represent, and he didn't have an answer. He did not have an answer. Uh, Gase moves on. Number six seed, Anthony Lynn against Frank Reich, the first-year coach in Indy. Uh, Frank Reich has Andrew Luck healthy on the field. Greg, that we, should be enough to buy him at least a year. Right. right. We should have almost made Frank Reich the 16 seed because if the Colts fired him after one year, after he took that job, you know, when McDaniels didn't with this lousy roster, like they should be sent to court or something. Put Anthony Lynn. Forward. All right. What Look. if Josh McDaniel says, I'll, all right, I'll take the gig. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. You're like, okay. Yeah. Let's move to the other side now. 116, Dirk Cutter v. Doug Peterson. That's a no brainer. Dirk moves on. Peterson just signed a contract uh, this month. <laughs> that also be. just won a Super Bowl. That, yeah. Again, like with Belichick, something else would have to happen. Right. Something unsavory. Mm, I got His book is on my Dwayne radar. Boy. Usually these like, we just won the Super Bowl, let's write a book books are terrible and are worth ignoring. But this Peterson one seems like it's got a lot of got some uh, snackable content. I, mean, I think we need to check this out. Ooh, Shaq, here we go. And here's a nice 8-9 uh, matchup. Uh, Pat Shermer. Oh, yeah. How did he Patty get an eight Shermer. seed? I missed that. That's an eight seed. Uh, and he will uh, be up against first-year uh, Bears coach Matt Nagy. I think both of these guys fall into into the category of we don't know yet, although we have seen Pat Shermer as the head man. Certain guys are cut out to be coordinators, and other guys are meant to be head coaches. And that doesn't mean that the head coach is smarter. In fact, sometimes it means the exact opposite, that they're not as savvy with the X's and O's, but they know how to lead a locker room of men kind of thing. And deal with Pat, Shermer, Pat Shermer did not indicate that he was capable of that. 
Bill Belichick, obviously, in his second turn, did a little bit better than he did in his first go-round. Matt Nagy has been kissed into genius uh, category off of one season. We've seen that happen many times before and not uh, and not carry out beyond that one season. I'm going to go with uh, with Matt, Pat Shermer here. Hopes are high in New York. I The one thing I could see potentially mm. happening is in a science fiction-like scenario for the Giants, because Shermer probably, I would say, is very safe, but... If Bill Belichick ever got tired of the Patriots hmm. thing, the one team you always hear Belichick linked with is the Giants, where he really started his career and became the Bill Belichick that we know. If that was ever a flip-flop scenario, that's the one way Shermer could Why be Why would it? But if, if uh, the minimum would be next year for Belichick, he would go to a team with After 38-year-old Eli Manning and no, no era No, they would find a way to get a different quarterback. Yeah, the Bears brought in Nagy specifically to work work with Trubisky and run his offense, doing a 180 from the previous regime. I think that's keeping him safe. Shermer's safe too, obviously. But yeah. well, well I, I encourage everybody who's high on the Giants safe. right now to look at their first eight games. It's not like a tough three week stretch. Look at their open <laughs> the first half of their season. They will be very lucky if they're three and five. They will exceed and, my expectations. And look at their quarterback's game tape from the last right, couple of years. Right here is a four thirteen matchup: Mike McCarthy mm. uh, v. Sean Payton. Two guys who we've seen constantly in the playoffs. On- coach with the best track record that you could still see it somehow just blowing up in a crazy fashion. That mm. said, I think Mike McCarthy, especially with a new GM there, is year to year right now. Sean Payton's probably the best playoffs, win playoff games than it's probably about I think time. McCarthy's I gotten on the radar as someone that's held, even though I don't, I think his track record is, you, most people would settle for that coach. You're getting reports that you get, listen, this window on Aaron Rodgers is closing. Is this the right guy to do it? Because they keep getting close and then it doesn't happen. Like McCarthy I to me feels like. last year was the right, right year I to think get they, rid of I him. think he's the, the next thing they may change in Green Bay. I think they might have to get to the NFC title game for Mike McCarthy to be wow. safe. And for that reason alone, I will pound the table that this guy should be making a deep run in this tournament. So Mike McCarthy, I agree. I'm with you on McCarthy. It's one phone call from Aaron Rodgers. It's always a phone call too. They can't do it face to face. But no, he might, he might say to whoever, um, will make the call ultimately. Uh, and it's enough with McCarthy. Can we get uh, a new coach in here to work with in my wow. final years? Sean Payton may do it himself because if Jason Garrett goes out of Dallas, then they will chase him and he'll uh, choose to leave New uh, to uh, leave New Orleans. All right, 5-12 matchup. Pete Carroll, as Wes said, um, and his one-time defensive mm. coordinator, Dan Quinn. Quinn, uh, two years removed from the Super Bowl. Pete Carroll. Uh, a few years removed from his last Super Bowl and also the oldest coach in the NFL. Wes, where do you see on who do you see on this one? Well, Quinn just signed an extension a month ago, and Pete Carroll is in charge of a rebuilding team going through a transition phase. And we've also heard on the Dave Damashek football program from Cliff Averill, that locker room started already tuning him out. Did you like after, that check? That after the Super Bowl. Well played. Well played. He yeah. beat me too. I was going to do that. Because <laughs> yeah. I like name dropping. And that's what Cliff Averill said. Now, somebody whose name I won't drop, who does know what he's talking about, though, has said Russell Wilson has quietly, his uh, his agent has been quietly trying to extract him from uh, from Seattle anyway because he can Whoa. see the demise of the would-have-been dynasty were it not for Malcolm Butler. That's your, that's your Belichick quarterback for the Giants next year. <laughs> wow, that, that mm. would be a nice tandem. Uh, so we're all good with Carol moving on. Yeah, okay, next up, a two fifteen matchup. Jay Gruden uh, is a two seed here with the Redskins, the longest tenured Redskins coach in approximately a hundred years. Is that the quite hmm. the Dan Snyder era of the Dan Snyder era and Sean Outlasting McVay. Joe Gibbs. 
2.0. Sean McVay, this is this is a no-brainer, who is really one of the more enviable situations in the NFL is the Rams and their head coach uh, situation right now. Gruden moves on, right? Correct, yes. Okay. 7-10 yeah. matchup. Steve Wilkes down in Arizona. Things look a little better than they did uh, around combine time, but Steve, still Steve's got a lot of work to do down there. Matt Patricia, the 10 seed, his first year with the Lions – uh, Mark, you're shaking your head. I don't Tell like this why. because we have to pick, and this is really a rarity in the NFL, someone to be out after one season, and I don't see it either. But I would have to go Steve Wilkes of the two just Bro. because Matt Patricia has made a big impression on me this offseason. I don't have an impression of Steve Wilkes. Have you forgotten that Patricia has made his players run? <laughs> <laughs> that, that could do it too. He could be out. There I, was an ugly story involving Patricia too that we don't know – the, the details and all that stuff. But I wonder how, where that sits with the organization, mm. even though they stood by him. Uh, well, they're both unlikely. If that in tandem with a really right. bad season would be would oh, qualify fair enough. for but one Patricia and, and the GM are very, very tight. We don't know what's happening with the Cardinals GM after this season either. And we just don't. And and it's a first-year coach. What, who's his support system if that, if that goes down? My I'm going to vote Patricia Pat- here. I'm going to go Patricia just because we don't have a single upset uh, in the first round. Which makes sense because we did the seeding. Bill O'Brien. You know, oh, no. so it's almost hard for upsets <laughs> to happen. But uh, yeah. I just, we just for the sake of it, just to prevent, you know, next year's betters from taking all favorites in yeah, the first round. By the way, to Wes's point, if part of this is an evaluation of how good we th- or bad we think a team might be, you guys have team of ATN. Damashek's pick, the true sleeper. Not one like the Niners where a lot of people are jumping on them this year. A true sleeper. The Detroit Lions are gonna are, are gonna make a real playoff push. Hear me now, believe Wes me later. Wes is with you. Hmm. Is that, oh yeah, Wes and I connected on that over the weekend. So That's you right. got you're voting, voting Wilkes then. I'm going obviously. Wilkes. I mean, I, neither one's gonna get break fired. the tie, Wes. We we need an upset. Patricia moves <laughs> yeah. on well, purely for upset purposes. Suddenly, the Lions will care about not being mediocre. That's what we're saying. Gotcha. Sessler's pissed. <laughs> uh, three fourteen. Jason Garrett, the three seed. Mike Zimmer, a fourteen seed. Zimmer. The only thing I'd say here, and I think Garrett's the obvious guy, as long as he's been there, he's a little Teflon, but still you would think he really needs to do something this year. Super high expectations in Minnesota. I don't think that leads to Mike Zimmer getting fired, but it's basically a Super Bowl or bust, which has to be a little bit uncomfortable for any coach. But there's also always unreasonable expectations in Dallas. And and the one thing I'd say in Garrett's Except defense, for Jason Garrett. Well, but that, that's, that's right, because yes. they view Garrett, and it was this old Albert Breer report where they've been – you know, putting him, they've been working on him since he was a backup quarterback to Aikman, and they've, he's a family member. They've invested all right. this in him, and he survived multiple nuclear blasts because of it. And he's <laughs> not an easy guy to imagine getting fired unless they totally crater and lose players forever in the offseason. I don't know. If they have another irrelevant season, which they likely shouldn't given Jason Garrett's weird track record, which is not week to week or month to month, it's year to year, one year good. One year bad, and that's how it goes with Jason Garrett's Cowboys. If this is a if this is a back to back mediocre or down season, I think they'll show Garrett the door and chase a big name guy like Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh or who knows who else. Uh, I think we're all in agreement there. Finally, the last matchup in the first round in the NFC: uh, Ron Rivera, six seed, against Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Uh, Shaq, your thoughts on this? I mean, it's got to be Ron Rivera. I mean, he is I, 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 nice defensive pieces, we know, but I I obviously bang the table more than anyone on the face of the earth, I think, at this point for uh, for Cam Newton. 
Is he crying already? It's yeah. <laughs> That's like the playoff music. Cam Newton. I mean, Ron Rivera is the main reason that he is perceived to be a good head coach is because of Cam Newton. Really? The reason the Panthers win hmm. games that they shouldn't win is because of Cam Newton. But they Cam- also lose games they shouldn't lose because of Cam what Newton. What about their defense? Defense has been solid. The defense has, the o- has the been. The only reason he's even this high a seed is because there's a new owner. There's a GM who was temporary and now is permanent but was the old GM. And it's just like. You, you think new owner, new new group if things don't go well. So well, that, the Falcons so and Saints Rivera. could both be double-digit winners, and that would uh, presumably knock down the Panthers' record, and maybe that equals his departure. All right, Rivera moves on. Let's go back to the uh, Got a long way to go AFC here. now. You're very, this is on your radar, huh? Mark. No, we're, just we're working like, our way through listen, it. Listen, like, we're any, gonna do like it. any good NCAA tournament, it's going to take about a month to complete. So. <laughs> uh, Hugh Jackson and Bill O'Brien now in the next round. Uh, you know what I? You know what awesome. it is. I just thought of it. He has that. He has that room reserved downstairs. Oh no! Yeah, I got it. Well, it's Mark, oh, it all comes it's Twelve out. minutes from now, it's Mark. Mark. Twelve minutes from now, Mark. Mark. In a very clever move, there's been this, you know, abandoned office from someone who was, let's be honest, swept out of the company. Yeah. It's just been a great corner office, been sitting there, and at various times you see, you know, reserved for, you know. Gareth Crosby or whatever from certain days, like d- different names. And Mark <laughs> made his own little version of it today without asking. Well, the, I, the and facilities I, right. and just said reserve three, three to three. I tried to create a nice cushion here. The show typically would end around <laughs> you know, I two, two fifteen. Like after the second time you said, man, this is going to take a long time during the show. I was like, wow, this is really he's thinking about that. By the third time, I was like, something's going it's, on here. It's in and 11 Greg minutes. Put it together. And we are about to end at the latest time we have ever ended this podcast in six years. So. You're That's gonna, my. You gotta fault. lose that room. You're gonna also have to. You might have <laughs> Someone's to bl- gonna be in there. You're probably gonna have to blame Shaq because he went about you know 20 minutes over his time in the studio before us. Well, the, the nope. set in a tournament, I it's Shaq versus this segment. Let's see if the segment can't pull out the upset here. I, well, I, if only we had time for the important uh, philosophical question I asked your Patriots fan friend over there, Greg Rosenthal. Don't you want? I'm asking it to you. Don't yes, you want? Do if you're a Brady lover, <laughs> let's right make now? it. Let's go to 5 p.m. Maybe, maybe we're done. Maybe, maybe we don't end till the cloak of night drops. Now listen to me. I said to Rosenthal, if you're a Tom Brady lover, don't you want the season after he retires for them to go seven and nine? Because if they have double digit wins and don't skip a beat, that puts a dent into Brady's no. legacy. Yes, no. it does. First, first of all, that debate has been over for a couple of years. Second of all. If you're a Brady fan, here? you got nothing to worry right, about. What is it? What, what, why would you worry about what the team's doing the next year? He's already the greatest quarterback of all time. And if you're a Brady fan, you're a Patriots fan. Hugh Wait, Jackson. is this about Terry Bradshaw again? <laughs> he is Hugh underrated. Jackson, did you reach out to Will? Will Brinson, yeah, more like, our I, good friend of the show, yeah. who you're scheduled to do a, a hit with for his Very excited about that. Pick 6 podcast. Yeah. Uh, you, did you communicate with him about this? Waiting for a response. Do we want to get Will on the phone? Just to no, I think that would it? only add we more apologize. time to the production. I'll lay out in favor of Brinson. He's tops. <laughs> uh, we love Will. Okay, Hugh versus Bob, Bill O'Brien. Uh, again, I think Bill O'Brien's a dark horse here. In fact, I'm going to now make the case. Uh, and Wes, you give me the look. Well, Hugh is, gonna... Hugh is like the 1990 UNLV team. I know, but honestly, here's <laughs> here's my Hugh Jackson take. Yes. It's like Stacey Ogman at both ends yeah. of the floor. <laughs> He's got Hugh's it all covered. Larry Johnson before the back injury. Hugh's been in a hot tub, I'm sure. Here, here's the take. 1-15, 0-16, the team keeps him around. They decide, we still believe in this guy. 
or maybe we just don't want to make another change. We're going to stick stick with you. He's going to jump in the lake, and we're going to do a premium cable, and we're going to rebuild him his, his image and the team's image. What does Hugh really have to do to prove that he's moving the team in the right direction? I, I argue it probably is winning four games, four or five games, which is not a high bar to me with a team that has talent, which is Brown team does. So while I obviously agree that Hugh has a hot ass butt uh, in a lot of ways, I have to say that Bill O'Brien to me, this is the upset of the tournament. I'm voting O'Brien. He's the guy to keep an eye on making the Cinderella run. I'm going to say he's got a hotter butt right now. No coach in the NFL is signed through a later date than Bill O'Brien. O'Brien pulled some Game of Thrones stuff. There was a lot going, going on with the, the former general manager who's still in the organization. What was gone Actually, for There's a lot going on, so I, I just think he made the power play. He well, won it. He's going to be there. The only counter is I would say Hugh Jackson did the same exact thing. He got rid of that general manager the same way that Bill O'Brien did. He won a he won a power struggle. But that people were shocked to see. He didn't get a raise and a new job I don't care title. About I I hear you with that. I still think billionaires are going to pay out contracts if they have a chance at a better coach. They don't. How many coaches are have three years of their contract paid up because they're a disaster? I don't I don't see how Bill O'Brien, who lost votes to Doug Marone minutes ago, many minutes ago, not my vote. Like just how do you many how do you do that and not. then say he's going <laughs> to knock off Hugh Jackson? That feels a little cute to me. It's cute, and that doesn't matter because that's my vote. You well, know what I funny. call it? Hubris. <laughs> yes, I'm going Hugh. And correction, John Gruden is signed longer than him, but that's about and it. And by the way, when you have Greg Williams in the building, how they don't just turn the keys over to that gem. Oh, my God. He likes to swear, everybody. It's hilarious. Well, it He's be, 60. He, could be Todd Haley, but yeah. <laughs> I think or they Bob should, Wiley. I think they should make a rule. You know how if you make the playoffs, you're exempt from hard knocks? I think if you hire Greg Williams next year, yeah. you're exempt from <laughs> then he'll get his seven. Uh, then he'll get his seven on. offers he talked about. All right, Todd Bowles. So Hugh moves on. Todd Bowles and John Harbaugh. Uh, this is a good one. Check. I'm going to stick with Harbaugh here, even though I do think that they have a playoff run in 2018 in them. If things get sideways, like I said, I think the biggest factor is Ozzie – being out, you don't know what the what the new guy's going to want, as we always hear. That's one of the oldest is cliches. Is the new? They've been grooming Eric DaCosta. He's been there. The, the assumption is that he's going to take over. But the but but the notion the that always that, yeah. when you when when you, when somebody takes that position, then they want their guy, and you don't my, know that that my means point that Ozzy's agree. I hear. You. I think that those two are in cahoots. Oh, with John. Wait, we're okay. saying John, Todd John and over John Harbaugh are, are probably I mean, close. Here's the thing. It, this is the scenario where I, Harbaugh wouldn't make the playoffs. I don't really have any faith in my ability to predict how they do. And if they don't make the playoffs, then he is a good coach. But I don't know if he's one of the best coaches in the league. If he's with the Ravens organization and he goes 5-11, and 8-8, 9-7, and, eight, nine and, seven, and then misses the playoff again this year, that's a bad I mean, four-year if, run. If that's I'm enough. the Jets and the Ravens fire Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, I take John Harbaugh as my coach in oh, two yeah. seconds. Sure. I mean, John to Todd, Todd Bowles. Has he's hung around, but he's not vastly improved this team, and neither has that front office outside a, of having Sam Darnold land to them. Bowles and uh, and McCagnan are in a weird position because they are in the third year of a rebuild, essentially. Uh, and I I think that uh, if Sam Darnold looks good, I think it could actually buy Bowles another year, yeah, even without I making agree. the playoffs. I agree. Whereas Harbaugh, I think it's playoff playoffs or bust. So I say Harbaugh moves on. Ooh. That's my vote. Mm-hmm. Wow, I got Harbaugh in the NIT. 
He didn't even belong <laughs> in this tournament. I vote for Bulls moving on. I, I strongly vote for Bulls. The Ravens fancy themselves as one of the tentpole franchises in the NFL. And, they, have one of, of, and they know they have one of the best coaches in four the NFL. Year, but four years of uh, of not appearing in January might undo Things the, happen. You've been handed uh, a Harbaugh bad roster. Bulls. I Zach. said Harbaugh. Oh, and it comes down to Greg. Oh, yeah, it's Harbaugh. Whoa, this Harbaugh moves on. This is highly unbelievable. Barry, a great coach, gets no respect. <laughs> it's not. It has nothing to do with how yes, we think does. of him as a, as of a coach. Of course it does. Um, uh, Vance Joseph against Marvin Lewis. Mark Sessler. Mark, you're still here. Um, I go Vance Joseph. I just think that a lot has to happen right in Denver, and part of that would be look, Vance Joseph com- com- convincing this team that he's the guy that can maximize both sides of the ball, not just his little specialty on defense. I'm going to go Vance. I think that Elway's draft class, he did a great job, but his ongoing issues with the offensive line and quarterback will end up dooming his head coach. The nifty offensive weapons that Andy has for himself there in Cincinnati, once again, notwithstanding. If that offensive line doesn't take care of 14, that team is doomed, and the worst of all fates, finishing behind the Cleveland Browns, that is a realistic possibility. That would be enough to end the Marv tenure. I'm going Marv. It's still alive here. Uh, I'm going to go Vance Joseph because if if Marvin Lewis can do anything, it's keep a job. And just based on his prior track record, this is kind of the year they sneak up on some people, Mm -hmm. you know, right after he he escapes by keeping his job. Uh, (laughs) Adam Gase v. Anthony Lynn. That's That's a good one. This is a tough matchup. I, I think it's definitely Gase. I don't think it's that hard for me just because of the turmoil. Now, I don't, wouldn't put it past Gase from winning some sort of power struggle and the front office gets sent out and he stays. But Anthony Lynn, he's got good coordinators. He's got a good roster. He's set up to be solid. He's only a second-year head coach. I guess it's partly wishful thinking, but I don't want to see a scenario that he'd have some disastrous season, and that's the only way he'd be on the hot seat is a disastrous season. If both of these teams went 8-8, eight and eight, for instance, I'd trust Anthony Lynn making it back for another year. A lot I do, one, one organizational thing, I think if they are all in on Anthony Lynn inside the building, they love him because this is a team that's going through a weird couple of years, and yeah. you want that right guy, and it may be hard to get someone else to come into that situation, so... I think it's Gase, unfortunately. I I think it's weird to me that society seems to have forgotten that the Dolphins in 2016 made a playoff run and they finished it up with Matt Moore and who knows what would have happened had 17 stayed healthy and on the trip to Pittsburgh in the wild card round. As it is, Gase Gase is... uh, Got to watch out for 17 on the road in the playoffs. (laughs) Everyone's afraid of that. Yeah, you know, uh, listen, that was a a very quiet playoff team that people have forgotten about. They were terrible. No, but they were Adam, not a good team. Adam, no, like, Adam Gase was a coach of the year candidate that year. No, That's people, not they were like ago. the Bills who made it last year. People they weren't had, a they good were, team. The it, 2016 Dolphins were uh, a tick better than the 2017 Bills. Either way. It's a great what if. Everyone's been saying ever since. Imagine <laughs> if we saw <laughs> right. 17 in the playoffs. All right. Listen, I'm going Gase because – this is he has put his stamp on this. He purged the big name guys who he didn't want to, as he has said quietly to some people. I didn't like babysitting some guys. Now he's purged the guys who he needed to babysit. If that doesn't work in 2018, then he'll be gone. Back to the NFC. Dirk versus Shermer. Dirk, Dirk, come on. Let's move on. There you go. See Mark. See how quickly we're moving on. Oh, we're rolling. Uh, Mike McCarthy against Pete Carroll. <laughs> 
I my votes McCarthy. I already made my my statement that they have to win a lot of games, including playoff games, mm. for him to survive. This is a tricky matchup. Hotter though. seat. It's it's interesting. Like, what are we actually voting on? Who has the hotter seat? To me, that's McCarthy. Even if I was picking who's more likely to be gone next year, I, that's maybe a different question. McCarthy mm. has a has a hotter seat. Carroll. I think the ownership there, they love them. They're they're behind what they're doing here with the rebuild, and so I'm going McCarthy. If Greg can bend the entire room to his cause on Mike McCarthy, maybe he can also bend the Packers' front office. So I'll go McCarthy too. <laughs> Pete Carroll, if we look at his track record, what was his last stop? USC. He didn't stay. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't the last man on the ship there. He no. jumped off. off He's of more likely to. This jump, team is I going down. Like. He's yeah, going to get see, out. Of Carroll there. will leave, but to the to the cause of what the whole segment's about, I'll go McCarthy. Gruden v. Patricia. Jay Gruden. Jay. You got to go Jay. Yep. That's a yeah. walk-off. They're probably going to have every position get injured again. Jason Garrett against Ron Rivera. Oh. Woo! Oh, what a sexy matchup. I'm going with Garrett. I think Garrett's got to win. I'm He's got to make the playoffs. I'm going, Garrett. Tough. I'm going Garrett, too, although I do think that the defense might be halfway decent this year. I mean, if they get Earl Thomas, then it uh, – uh, it will be one of the better got defenses in the NFC. They've got some pieces they to at do. least be more interesting. Love their, love those linebackers they've got. Jalen Smith looks dandy all of a sudden. I, I think, think that, Garrett might be running into Princeton's Pete Carrill here. Upset City. Mm, he doesn't want to mm. have to face off against Riverboat. And Garrett, as much as the media likes to talk about his job being in trouble, I have never once heard Jerry Jones say to Jason Garrett. No, I think Garrett, he loves that's trouble. True. I think he loves Jason Garrett because Garrett just – he's in his place – and that's okay. Like, I'm not demeaning Jason Garrett, but I'm just saying it's different to be the coach of the Cowboys than another team. And Jerry Jones likes they how They don't want to build Parcells You there. convinced me. I'm now going. I'm going. Attention is oxygen so for Rivera. the Dallas Cowboys. Rivera. If they're irrelevant okay. again, they have to purge Jason I go, Garrett. I go Garrett. Over. Rivera, I think Rivera's going to take the Panthers to a playoff. Right. Tiebreaker. I'm going Jason Garrett. So we got three Garretts. Garrett that, that's, that would win out of five. Eagles are going to be good, and if I'm wrong about the Giants, again, that knocks down another team. Those are four games on their schedule Mark, right there. Can you, can you imagine how long we would have been here if we didn't have a fifth person, though? Imagine the tiebreaker. Oh, it would have. Oh, well, I think to your point. Your point wait, is that Shaq has made this segment <laughs> shorter. Almost impossible. Wait a minute. <laughs> Brevity is the soul of wit. This is literally the, the longest non-season podcast we've ever had. It's it, kind of it's super sad. And we walked into this with a, with a, not a zero non-tiebreaker option. The train. This would be a train wreck scenario from outer space. <laughs> there would be no way to solve this. We'd have to call Nobby each time. Uh, all right, right here we go. This is the final four. Final four. Final eight. Now we're only eight. Oh. eight. Hugh versus Harbaugh. Hugh. Hugh. Oh, Greg's de- Greg, your little dream died right there. <laughs> I Harbaugh love the hard, the hard feelings that are going on here. Yeah, that's some disrespect. I'm gonna to vote. Harbaugh. I'm gonna vote for Harbaugh just to. <laughs> Me just too. To just get Mark Byron. You are absurd. Check. That is absurd. I'm going Hugh. Come Thank on. You. All right. Thank you. That is wildly absurd. We should do this every show. Uh, Vance, like, find out Mark's schedule ahead of time, right. and then just set it up about 90 minutes before. Like, it doesn't have to be the hot, the right. hot butt seat, but some sort of 32 something like, bracket. Let's yes. find a way to start the show 47 minutes late, and then you know, careen into a 117 minute episode and see how that. Cut to Will no, Vincent, like, all of us. wrapping his foot with his arms crossed, like, all pissed <laughs> off. Uh, Vance Joseph against Adam Gase. Ooh, now we're talking about the big – who's – again, this is not who's going to get fired. This is who enters this season with a hotter butt right now. 
Gase or Joseph? I'm voting Joseph. I think he needs to he needs results after what was a I'm loss with you. I think he year. was he was he left last season as one of the hottest butts and it didn't change much. The the Broncos, it's they're almost overlooked for how great an organization they've been, you know, compared to some others. They have not had back-to-back losing seasons since in more than 45 years. That's unbelievable. Since before we, all of us except this Shaq year. were born. Right. And, and like they had that little run that with Jake Plummer where they're pretty mediocre. <laughs> right. But So if they had two back-to-back bad seasons, and I can see that happening, Joseph. John Elway's job is safe, right? We all agree no matter yeah, what. Well, guess what? Yes. This coach is going to perhaps lose his head because of the guy who thought yes. that Paxton Lynch and Case Keenum was uh, was the solution Ooh, to what ails them. I'm voting Gase. Gase. Uh, I'm going underdog here. What do you got? Oh, Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, we got 4-1 on that one. But that – I get it, because Gase is in a similarly difficult situation. I have zero confidence in the Dolphins to do anything. I mean, anyone left in this tournament should be on shaky ground, right? If not, what are yes, we doing here? So. absolutely. All right, here we go on the NFC side. Dirk Cutter, again, the Bucks, one of the biggest busts of last season. He sticks around. Jameis Winston, there's some drama with uh, Winston and Dirk, their relationship. Winston suspended for off-the-field shenanigans. Uh, so here we are, Dirk Cutter against Mike McCarthy, again, facing a lot of pressure this season. What do we got? No-brainer. Well, well, Dirk Cutter's one, his primary gig in, in, in taking over there was to bring along the franchise QB. How's that looking right now? It's Cutter. Hmm. Yeah, that was his charge. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's been, the thing is, they have had continuity with him. He's been there for four years, right? He was the coordinator for Jameis Winston. And, and as those Buccaneers prove, consistency in and of itself is not always They were a one good of the thing. most disappointing teams last year, and I, they look like they're about to be even more disappointing this year. Hmm, rough start think, to the season, too. I, I think they have potential. If it wasn't, the suspension is definitely a downer. But, but not for what he – for defense, yes, I think, but not for what he's known for. And you're, you don't have your I quarterback think offense, for the first think, four years. I think they could light it up offensively, tons of yards, a great season for Winston. But either way, Well, then Cutter's he shouldn't be a number one. one seed in this tournament if that's how we feel about Dirk Hunter. I mean, upsets happen. That's that's a rugged division. Too. I think he that's has a six hot, tough yes, division. A hot game seat, but they could put up like a, an incredible offensive fire show with that group. Or I not. think both men have blazing butts, uh, but Dirk probably just because of the nature of how poorly things went last year. Yeah, I'll go Dirk. All right, on the uh, opposite side, uh, Jay Gruden mm. versus Jason Garrett. I just like. Everyone to know that so far our bracket is playing out exactly to seed. Well, yeah, that's why when we were arguing about seeds yesterday, I was like, "Wait, this is why would any well without any visual elements for the listener, we'll be at, we'll be out of the woods on that one." They can't see what the seeding is. <laughs> we don't, they don't need Mark's to know that. Done. They don't need to know that. I've been I've been each guy gave their seeds for the listeners. Appreciate that. I can't believe John Gruden's brother has had a uh, headman gig as long as he has. It's enough already. He's a good coach. I think he's done. I think that's one of the toughest, worst um, head coaching jobs in professional football. Huh. And he's done about as well or better than anyone with it. This is going to seem rudimentary. I think he's fighting uphill. Alex Smith wins football games. Look at every year since his uh, end of his Niners days. I think he's going to make them competitive. I don't know if they're going to win a playoff game or make the playoffs, but I think they'll win eight to ten games, and I think Gruden will survive because of that. So I think Garrett is my vote. Hmm. See, All right. Can I say one a- thing about that? In a world of alleged QB whisperers, Andy Reid is in fact one, and that's why Alex Smith thrived. I don't know how long he can ride things out with Jay Gruden. Smith was solid when he was 
He finished off with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he was a, Jim Harbaugh came in and magically he turned around. Another guy who Jim knows how a good to offensive coach. Teammates. And who have his offensive coordinators been? Who? Jay Gruden. They've been Sean McVay. Right. Uh, Did he have – no, Kyle Shanahan was gone by Kyle the time. Kyle Shanahan. He was gone, wasn't he, by the time Jay yeah. got there? Okay, so Sean McVay, pretty good coach. Do we think Alex Smith is falling off a cliff now at age 34? He's a pretty I established think, I, guy at this point. I think he'll be fine. I just don't know that uh, that the skins are going to do enough in that division that Jay Gruden inspires well, another year. I'm going to go Gruden. We keep saying it's entering the season. So, in theory, what happened during the season almost doesn't matter. And right now, in terms of just pressure to perform, I'll go Gruden. I'm with you. I have to, Again, the Cowboys have never said we want Garrett out of there. And we can say the Gruden and the skins are going to win nine games. There's like 12 teams in the NFC that look like they're going to win nine games yeah, right now. that's true. Uh, Jay will have a soft landing spot as the next coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. All right. Now the they final like four. Them. Here we are, Mark. This is where it gets real fun. This is dramatic. On well, the we, AFC... we have five days off before the final four, though. <laughs> 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 On the AFC side, Hugh Jackson of the Cleveland Browns, the number one seed against the Vance Joseph, it played to seed. He survives. He's the number two seed of the Broncos. Hugh versus Vance. Who's your pick? I might go Vance Joseph here. I mean, it's I don't. How does Hugh Jackson have a head coaching job in 2018 after Just the preceding? Just what if they go years? if they go seven and nine? Then I can, I don't think that's good they, enough. Even I think I think given the talk, given the hype, and given the exposure that probably does not uh, represent him all that well from Hard Knocks, I think all that amounts to Hugh being out. I also think the timeline of when John Dorsey was hired and Hugh Jack when they mm-hmm. did, essentially decided to keep Hugh Jackson before that is a big factor, and I do think John Dorsey's gonna gain power if he doesn't have it already he has Haslam's ear and I think it might take like seven wins and that's tough I they, they could do that if they win six or seven games it'd be tough to hire. I think it depends what those six Fire wins Hugh, look but like, I'm going but... Hugh I say Vance for all the reasons from that were stated earlier that's 2-2 two, two. spite break wow. the deadlock this one's easy I don't buy Hugh Jackson I don't think some of his players buy him and I don't think some of his coaching staff buy him it's Hugh Jackson Hugh moves to the finals. You, you can just imagine Todd Haley, you know, with the Browns headset on, you know, like being the head coach in week 12 or something. It just seems like something yes. that could happen. All right. And who will face you, Dirk Cutter or Jay Gruden? Hmm. I, again, it's easy for me, but I'll listen to any other options. Dirk Cutter. <laughs> Dirk Cutter. Dirk. What? I, I just think that Dirk Cutter was maybe – they would make for an interesting finals, to be honest. Weird name for a baby, too, Dirk. Yes, it is. Also, yes. Jay is, come unless to think of it. Jay. Unless it's like the year 1140. How annoying was then it it's that a <laughs> Todd Haley, your former offensive coordinator, kind of stole your bit mm. and used it on a national platform on Hard Knocks, and now people Ooh. give him the glory for the – Baby names that are kind of old. Yeah, but names. I got him right back because I I took to Twitter and I said a weird name for a baby is Todd. So take that, Todd tweet. Haley. <laughs> got, got him. <laughs> got him. Got him. Uh, all right, here we I go. I just want to circle back to the whole like Brady, you know, legacy. <laughs> thing. Please do. <laughs> like, and if Ho- yeah, was it Hoyer? That's well, I asked, play in the next what if year? Brian Hoyer? What if Brian again? Hoyer were the head? Were, were the starting quarterback with the Patriots? Would they win the division this year? You know Wes? what? You Anybody can, can win to, that division. You can listen to the tail end of the Dave Damashik football program to find out <laughs> exactly a, what everyone thinks on this. Like that. And honestly, you can you can say all fish. That doesn't seem. I'll right. go Dirk. By the way, I agree that Dirk. it's not right that I did. Yeah, that. all fish is unfair. 
It's almost Agreed. disrespectful. Agreed. Two fish. All right, here we are in the finals now. A Duck. Pair, a pair of one seeds. You say, oh, not a surprise. Well, sometimes this duck. happens. Isn't that what you want in the NCAA tournament, though? Any the, tournament? We got the two exactly. Ones. The two best. You want the two best. We, the two two seeds lost in the final four. I mean, people have been, <laughs> well, got what they want. Chuck! So. Drama. Uh, all right, Hugh Jackson against Dirk Cutter for all the marbles. Who has the hottest butt entering week one? We've talked as much as we we need to talk about anybody. A simple vote right now. I'm gonna. Greg. I'm gonna talk anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> that was the most. That was the most predictable thing. Doc Alarange. Hugh Jackson. Doc Comfy. I tried, Mark. Duck. I mean, well, it's just the finals. Here's, here's the thing with Duck, though. I, you're right. It's a little. If you're at like a nice, you're right at a nice restaurant. That's sort of like a reliable go-to. That's always going to be a B plus. That was kind of my point. Wait, I thought this was about you. You're honestly uh, still here. No, I'm no. talking, discussing. You duck. said it was the best. Okay, the hottest seat includes the pressure coming from the owners. The Bucks owners are paying attention mm -hmm. to their Premier League teams. They're pretty hands off. Like that's part of the reason I think Dirk Cutter still has a job. So that's why Hugh Jackson. Wins. That's exactly right. In that part of the country, SEC is king, not NFL. Tampa Bay does not have the heat on it. Ironic, given where it's located. It is in Cleveland where the seat is hot, and Hugh Jackson has no chance. Well, of I'd agree also because nice we've talked fun. about this that the Browns have morphed into a national team at this point. The Bucks couldn't be anything farther from that, and maybe if the ownership is absent or not looking or not caring. Not that they, I don't know them personally. Maybe they care a lot. Who knows? There's a lot of money invested. But let's, you could see the Bucks. <laughs> sure going, they care. You could see the Bucks going four and twelve, and somehow they just keep the whole thing together for some odd reason, the way they did just months ago. Jameis looked good in that one game in uh, early December. Right. This season could go sideways in a hurry for Dirk with that three-game suspension, the three, the toughest three-game schedule to start the season of any team. I could see that happening. This is the first Hugh matchup that I don't think is a blowout. But I still think that Hugh is the hottest butt mm. in the game. So there you go. Hugh Jackson has the hottest butt in the NFL entering the 2018 season. And, and before we go, Mark Sessler. I'm just stunned by the results. I, I, I don't know how we got here. but Here we go. Ready? In one shining moment, <laughs> it's all on the line. One shining moment, frozen in time. That was Luther Vandross. That was you. You sounded a lot like <laughs> Luther that Vandross. That was. And over that, for the video consumer, they're going to see a montage of, uh, of epic failures by Jameis and uh, by, the, by the team that uh, – that, is kind enough to uh, to football fans out there who may not be. Wait, which one's the Browns? Oh, it's the one whose uh, pants say Browns on them. That's, that's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's Dave. been nice having you here, Dave. Talk <laughs> it's soon. been a pleasure to have you, Shaq. You, you've settled important matters, and we appreciate you. And check out the Dave Damshek football program. Also, he's in cahoots over there with Adam Carolla on the Good Sport. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Don't forget Dave's of Thunder. Yeah, that's another Dave's one. Don't forget Thunder that. Thunder is back. Which that. several of my hometown friends from Cincinnati have been longtime listeners to. Is Dave's that true? Kevin oh, O'Connor, nice. Paul Rui, Tom Ludwig. Yeah. There I have go. heard from Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, yeah. He's a good oh. dude. So check out Shaq. He's, he's a certified empire. Uh, we will be mm. back on Friday with our final episode of the week. Uh, Connie Fox will rejoin us. So excited to see Con uh, Colleen again. 
Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. Go, Mark, go! I'm good The mailman. <laughs> Down my shack. The old boss and the Bitcoin princess behind the glass. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Till Friday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.